Welcome to the Come Follow Me podcast for teens and for parents of teens, a podcast to supplement your weekly study of the Come Follow Me curriculum with thoughts, ideas, principles, stories, and questions all geared towards helping teenagers better follow Christ through their teenage years. Welcome to Come Follow Me for Teens. I'm Josh Downs, and today's episode is going to be episode two, Matthew 1 and Luke 1, Be It Unto Me According to Thy Word. Welcome back. Uh, This is our first official episode into the New Testament curriculum, Come Follow Me. So excited to be here again and looking forward to getting into things. And we're just going to jump right in. There is so much in this. And one of the things that I'm recognizing as we go through this is that there's just no way to cover it all. I'm sure some people try to and their episodes and podcasts probably are hours on end in order to be able to do it all. I don't know how they would, which is why we're not even going to try. Instead, just focusing on a couple key principles and one key principle in particular that we can really kind of drill down on, spend some time with, and really get to a place of of depth with that can help us better apply the gospel into our lives in such a way that by the end of the episode, we'll have a very clear direction on how to come follow him better. Now, there's so many great principles in this week's study that we could spend some time on. One of those is in the beginning of Matthew, we see the lineage of Christ set forth. And one of the reasons I learned that's significant is because if you follow that lineage, you will see that if Israel had been a free and sovereign nation at the time and not under the, the control of Rome, that Christ would have literally been a descendant of King David. He not only was figuratively the king of the Jews, he literally would have been king of the Jews. And I think that's significant to recognize. Also throughout these chapters, we are introduced to Mary and Joseph, two incredible examples of what it means to be a righteous man and a righteous woman. I can't even fathom in my mind what Joseph must have thought and went through in finding out that Mary was pregnant and it wasn't by him. And yet he was as respectful and as understanding and kind as he could be, seeking to be able to release her from the obligation, the contract of marriage in a very private way so as not to bring shame to her. Even though I can't imagine how hurt he must have thought, even given her excuse, right, that she wasn't with anyone, that this was a miraculous conception, how hard must that have been for him to to accept, which I mean, I'm sure he didn't and probably thought she was just making an excuse, but still, he was able to care enough about her to put his pain aside to try to help make sure that she didn't receive any kind of judgment or pain in the process. And I love that about Joseph. That just speaks so powerfully to his quality. Of course, we see Mary just completely submissive to God's will with that phrase, be it unto me according to thy word. Teenagers, you would do well to study these two individuals looking for qualities to develop in yourself and qualities to look for in who to date since that is a big part of the teenage years and to be able to find the, the right type of person to date so that you'll also be able to one day find the right person to marry. You date right, you tend to marry right. So those are great things you can look for in your study this week. Also, can you learn to trust God in your relationships? I think that's a significant thing to recognize in this. Can you allow for people to come into your life and go out of your life? Teenagers, I know you especially can struggle with this. We all do. 
But these relationships in particular that you tend to get in are so new and the feelings can be so intense and strong that breakups can break you. (laughs) And it's the same for adults as well. One of the things that I, I love about this is that Joseph and Mary were meant to be together. God wanted these two to be together. He knew it was a good match. He knew it was the right match for them. And so he helped them come together and he'll do the same for you. Trust him. Don't put so much pressure on a relationship working out that you become broken if it doesn't. If it's meant to, it will. If not, then it'll be okay. The right one will be brought to you at the right time. Now, the key principle I think I want to focus on for this particular section is in Luke chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, where Zacharias and Elizabeth, both righteous before God, but they had no children. As it reads, And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. And they had no child, because that Elizabeth was barren. And they were both now well stricken in years. I think that one of the things that is important for you to come to learn at an early age, as early as you possibly can, is that everything doesn't always work out the way that you want it to, or even the way that it should. Even if you're doing everything right, there is no guarantee that everything will be right. Because life is a test, and part of that testing will be the test of waiting for what we want most. Patience, the ability to put our desires on hold for a time, is a precious and rare virtue. Because we want what we want, and we want it now. Therefore, the idea of patience may kind of seem unpleasant and at times bitter to us. I have known so many people over the years that have wanted good things and have been very righteous and prayerful in trying to obtain them. I've had friends like Zacharias and Elizabeth that very much wanted children but were unable to have them. Others who have wanted to be married but just haven't been able to find the right person. Others have struggled with finding a good job, finding the career that they've always wanted. Others have struggled with health issues most of their life. I've had teenagers that have worked so hard and wanted things so badly only to to have things happen that kept them from playing their senior year in football or basketball or from making the play or from having the kind of friends that they wanted. There are so many good things that we may just not have happen in the time and the way that we want them to. And so teenagers, please understand that a part of life's testing will be not understanding why God does things the way that he does and that the more we can develop that attitude that Mary had, Be it unto me according to thy word. I don't understand why, I don't understand how, but I will accept what your will is for me. will go such a long ways in helping you to find happiness in life. What she was really saying in that statement is that I trust you. I trust you, Lord. And you know what? You can too. You can trust the Lord. And I would add even trust your parents, trust your leaders, your teachers. We all are a little further down the road than you are. And although we may not know exactly what you're going through, we can still help because we've gone through similar things. And at the very least, we want what's best for you. President Uchtdorf taught a lot about the importance of patience when he said patience is hard, especially when our unfilled desire is a righteous one. He said, I learned that patience was far more than simply waiting for something to happen. Patience required actively working toward worthwhile goals and not getting discouraged when the results didn't appear instantly or without effort. 
he said, there is an important concept here that patience is not passive resignation, nor is it failing to act because of our fears. Patient means active waiting and enduring. It means staying with something and doing all that we can, working, hoping, and exercising faith, bearing hardship with fortitude, even when the desires of our hearts are delayed. Patience is not simply enduring, it is enduring well. Brigham Young taught that when something came up which he could not comprehend fully, he would pray to the Lord, give me patience to wait until I can understand it for myself. He said, often the deep valleys of our present will be understood only by looking back on them from the mountains of future experience. Often we can't see the Lord's hand in our lives until long after trials have passed that often the most difficult times of our lives are essential building blocks that form the foundation of our character and pave the way to future opportunity, understanding, and happiness. Now, with that principle in mind, let me give you a few key questions for you to journal and potentially discuss with friends and family. Question one is this, how have you experienced the Lord asking you to wait for good things that you have wanted, even righteous things? Question two, how can you practice waiting patiently and with faith better? And question three, who do you know that has been an example of waiting with faith for desired blessings or when things haven't gone the way that they've wanted them to in their life? The answers to those questions will help guide you through some of the ways that you're asked to wait for good things. And if at any point in the waiting things seem impossible, for them to happen in the way, in, in the time that you want them to happen, always remember what the angel told Mary, who didn't understand how things could happen in the way that she was being told they could happen. When the angel said, Fear not, for with God nothing shall be impossible. I think it's important for each of us to remember that just because we're doing good doesn't mean good things will happen. Again, as another example, look at Zacharias. He was smitten dumb in the temple. If I were to be smitten dumb in the temple, I don't know that I would probably go back. So here's a fun question to consider. Why do you suppose Zacharias continued to serve in the temple, even though he was struck dumb there? My father was serving a mission when he was in a car accident that took away his ability to run and jump the rest of his life, as he'd have to wear braces on his legs ever since. He was doing something incredibly good, serving the Lord. And look at what happened to him. Yet, he went back out on his mission. He continued to serve. He continued to trust in God. It didn't mean that he didn't go through hard things and doubts and, and have some anger, I'm sure. But it, none of those things were enough to keep him from the God that he knew and loved. And neither was it for Zacharias. Our love for God and our faith in him must supersede those things that God sees fit to inflict upon us. Even those bad things that happen when we're trying to be good. Now, let me give you just a few application questions to consider. Question one, how will you handle major events that don't turn out the way that you want them to? How will you handle minor events that won't turn out the way that you want them to? How will you handle things going wrong even when you are doing everything right? Will your faith supersede your fears? Will you trust that all things are possible with God and learn to submit to God's will and say as Mary did, be it unto me according to thy word. One scripture I'll leave you with is in Doctrine and Covenants section 111, verse 11. This verse has become one of my favorites because there are things that I am being asked to wait for, things that I want to happen that are not happening in the time and way that I want them to. And that will happen with all of us. 
in this particular verse, Joseph wants some things to happen very quickly for him and for the church. But it's not time yet. And the Lord tells Joseph in this verse, I will order all things for your good as fast as ye are able to receive them. And I love that statement. Everything changed for me when I read that verse. From when is God going to give me what I want to when am I going to be ready for what I want? Do you see the shift in focus? It took it off of what God is doing and helped place it where it belongs on what am I doing to be ready and to prepare for it and trust that he really is preparing everything as quickly as I'm able to receive it. Now, three things to look for as we come to an end. Remember those three things. They are, how does this lesson bear testimony of Christ, principles to guide my life, and the character traits of Christ? I'd invite you to consider looking for those three things as you study. I'll just give you one this week. How does this lesson bear testimony of Christ? Well, one of my favorite verses is Luke chapter 1, verse 41, where when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, Luke records that the babe leaped in her womb. Even before he was born, John was bearing testimony of Christ, bearing testimony of who he was from the womb. He could not wait to bear testimony of Christ. And I hope that we won't be able to wait either to bear testimony of him, to bear testimony of him to our families, to our friends, to our neighbors, and to the world. Teenagers, he needs you. The world needs you more than ever to carry his name and bear testimony of him to all those around you by the way you live your life. So now let's go and better follow him this week. I'm Josh Downs, and you've been listening to Come Follow Me for Teens.